Hey guys, welcome to a bonus episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. Doesn't even the word bonus make it sound that much more exciting? Uh, the reason this is a bonus episode is uh, every Monday we've been uh, publishing a new podcast, and this one kind of fell into my lap a couple days ago. I uh, found out Lee Pace was going to be in town. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and if you're listening to this, you probably do, Lee uh, is a great actor who has earned a lot of acclaim on some big television series, probably most notably uh, Pushing Daisies, uh, the film The Fall has earned him a following. Uh, he was in Lincoln, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he is now, I should say he's also in the Hobbit films, he is now starring in a new AMC show. Uh, I found out he was uh, promoting it. I caught the pilot. It's really cool. It's called Halt and Catch Fire. It inherits that Mad Men Sunday night uh, time slot for AMC starting this Sunday. It's well worth checking out. It's a really cool drama set in the uh, early 80s uh, during the PC Wars. Uh, and uh, and Lee's awesome in it. He's the leading guy in it. And uh, he's... Uh He's an interesting character. I, I had never really spoken to Lee uh, at any length. I mean, once or twice maybe on a, on a carpet. But uh, when I found that he was available, I kind of jumped at the chance because he's a fascinating actor and someone that doesn't do a lot of press. There's kind of an air of mystery about him. And you can tell from this interview, he's... I, I want to say he's wary, but he's definitely soft-spoken. And uh, uh, I'm proud to say I think we got him out of his shell a little bit. And uh, he reveals... Um, what makes him tick to a degree and he it comes across great he's awesome uh and uh i'm a bigger fan than ever and this like i said this series uh, seems like it's going to be a cool one uh i've seen the first episode and uh the first season is 10 episodes long and uh, hopefully will continue much much longer because more lee pace is a good good thing uh before we play the podcast i want to mention something about the audio maybe i'm just being anal about it but the audio on these podcasts that i've been doing so far they're not up to my my standards yet we're still tweaking with the equipment i've got some new equipment thanks to uh my friends at mtv who've been very generous uh and it's continually improving we're going to get it to the the state it should be um so that you're not thinking about things like why is it echoey why is josh softer than the guest uh, but this one, I think, sounds a little bit better, and, and we're on our way to making it a little bit uh, up to the lofty standards of, of my favorite podcasts. So anyway, um, as always, guys, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you think of uh, the show so far. Please subscribe on iTunes if you're digging it, and uh, leave a comment, rate it, spread the word, and finally, God, I'm just like plug after plug, request after request, uh, check out all our stuff on MTV.com. There's a ton of great uh, content there that we're producing every single day. Uh, my interviews, uh, some great writers there with, with analysis and funny riffs on, on the biggest stuff in pop culture. So, well worth your time. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. If you're a Lee Pace fan, you're going to have a blast. Because, like I say, he really doesn't do this kind of long-form interview ever. So, this is, this is a special treat. Uh, enjoy this episode of Happy Sad Confused with Lee Pace. I did. It's something. Thank you. Cool. Where, where do you fit on it? I went into a lowbrow. Brilliant. brilliant. Which yeah. I think is. I think that's the best place to be. Yeah, what do you guys absolutely. think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can we can literally dive in if you want, just like right yeah, now. It. It's happening. It's happening as we speak, Lee. Uh, thank you for stopping by today. I really appreciate it, man. 
Hey, um, thanks for having me. I got a chance to watch uh, Halt and Catch Fire. What do you think? I liked it. I really liked it. Um, it's got, you know, it, it comes with a, a, a good pedigree. Mm-hmm. AMC's been do, doing reasonably well, you could say. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> On the drum like side. I watch. Um, I watch AMC. No, it's interesting because, like, you're somebody that I feel like, you know, arguably the television work is, is maybe what you, you've been most known for, maybe where you've found the most interesting, rewarding material. Is it something that, where you found, like, uh, uh, you like the lifestyle of television? You gravitate towards that format, towards building a character over many episodes, or...? I, 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 I like to work, you know, I, I like to play interesting characters, so there's been some good opportunities that have come my way on television, but some great things, you know, with movies and theater, too, so yeah. um, it's hard to, to pick a favorite. Yeah. There's no favorite children. Right, right. <laughs> what, what's, what's the initial appeal of something like Halt and Catch Fire? How did it come your way? Oh, the character is fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating person in this uh, in this world, and... and uh, Subject matter is fascinating, and uh, and uh, yeah, there are t- too many interesting things about this one not to um, jump on board if, if they would have me. So, uh, so as we we speak, I know the the, the uh, first episode's going to debut in a couple of days. I assume you guys have shot all all ten. Yeah, right yeah, we shot the whole season, and it's interesting looking at the um, at the. Uh, I saw the pilot again recently, and I almost don't recognize that character. It's he, just the evolution over those first ten. Yeah, I mean the the impact of making this computer is uh, transforming. Yeah, you know, on his character and um, the things that he that he is willing to do to uh, make the computer happen. I mean, challenging to his morals to you know other people. It's it, it just comes a long, long way. So yeah, let's set up the, the premise a little bit for people that, that don't know. It, it come, it, the setting is, is that, that that's the thing that, that that'll first draw people in. I think it's it's a provocative, interesting time, uh, especially given where we're at in technology nowadays and how pervasive um, social media is, et cetera, and and how we take for granted the devices that uh, you know this generation is just born with. But like I, I grew up in the in the time period this film is set in, we're roughly the same age, I think, and and the, those early '80s, it was. It was a pivotal time for the, this industry. It was, it was crazy. absolutely a turning point, and I and I found working on it how um, how little I knew about it. Yeah, and I, and I think why it was a dark time for me and will be kind of a you know a gap for a lot of people is that it just got more interesting after that. After this one turning point where computers became personal, people actually invited this technology into their homes. Everything just got much more fascinating from that point right. on. Um, but at this point, it's 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 a real gamble as to whether people will be into it at all. You know, if I mean, who knows if people will even want these computers? Right. We know now, looking back, that in fact people did want them, and uh, the uh, you know thousands of people developing, millions of people developing these computers, just refined them into such sophisticated devices. But here's a moment where you know. It's not, you know, what are people going to like? It's if they're going to like it. Right. You know, will we be able to make something that people actually put into their homes? Because at that point, generally it was video games. Right. Which is, I'm sure, one of your first experiences with computers, too. I, I, I would uh, venture to say that I spent a fair amount of time <laughs> playing yeah. absurd, uh, which now, when you look back at the games that we were obsessed with as kids, just yeah. the technology of it is just... 
it's a frogger, etc., a centipede. It's like Pong. You can play that on the most rudimentary phone now and still get looks from other people in the subway of like, why are you playing that? There's a lot of better shit out there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but we grew up playing that. Yeah. And then we you know, grew up with the other kind of things technology had to, to offer us. So it's, it's such an integrated part of our own software. Yeah. Do you find, so, so what, were you always somebody growing up that was interested in, in technology and into computers and stuff? Um, I wouldn't say primarily interested in it, but yeah. I, but I, you know, it's always interesting when people make something cool. Yeah. You know, um, um, but I, this show has definitely shined a light in that direction. It's yeah. Very, it's, very cool. It's obviously a fictional story, though, inspired by the quote unquote PC wars of that of that time. Um, is it something that that has been helpful to like dig into the actual past of what was going on at the time, or is it st- stuff where you're relying mostly on the scripts you got, you're getting? Yeah, it's helpful and very interesting. You yeah. know, it's such an interesting time and. Um, you know the writers, uh, Chris Cantwell and Chris Rogers, John Lisko, the, the entire writers' room. They're, they've got such an interesting point of view on uh, what this time was about, and uh, and so you know it's a it's a very good, such a collaborative process making a television show like this. So, but I but I find but I find that time interesting. I find um, so many things about that that moment in time interesting. I mean, uh, Joe comes from. Joe McMillan is the character I play on the show, and he comes from big corporate business. Right. But he comes on to, the, to Dallas, Texas, to start this project, this new endeavor to make a computer that no one is, um, a computer that no one has the balls to build. He, right. has, he wants to make the most awesome computer he can make. But he comes at it with this corporate mentality. Um, he also says he's done doing business like that. So it's like he's still finding himself and trying to figure out how right. he is going to make this computer happen, and he's going to you know do anything to do it. I'm curious because like you've obviously, as I alluded to in the beginning, like you've you've done a couple of very notable series that have gotten you a lot of acclaim, and this one is obviously for for cable. It's AMC, mm-hmm. um, and we're in a different environment now, where like you know everyone's acknowledging that we're literally living in a golden age for television, where creators are being granted more and more control and you're able to just go in, in areas that you weren't able to five or you know five or ten years ago are you noticing kind of a difference in terms of like latitude and creativity uh in what you're able to do here where where you know brian fuller for instance someone you worked with in two other shows uh a visionary but maybe was i don't know if he was hemmed in by the constraints of network television at the time oh i don't i don't know what all you know brian is a true creator and he yeah. makes such you know the, when I think about when I was doing this kind of round of press for Pushing Daisies, trying to describe what that show was about, you know, I was a, I could touch dead people back to life, but if they lived for longer than a minute, then someone else would die, and if I touched them a second time, they would die. It was, it's like I, I think about it now, and I think, gosh, I mean, who else but Brian Fuller could come up with something like sure. this and make it so appealing, you know? And I mean, that was such a great experience, Pushing Daisies, and um, and and I and I felt very creative. I absolutely fell in love with Anna Friel. Yeah. And uh, uh, and Ned, you know, was an important part of my life for a long time. So uh, it's interesting to kind of jump into that journey again. Yeah. Because you know, it's not like a movie where you know what's going to happen from beginning to end. Right. Um, I kind of just know the beginning of Joe McMillan's story. And we don't. And I think one of the interesting things about the show is you don't know if it's going to succeed. You just right. don't know if this computer is going to succeed. When I watched the pilot for the first time, I saw. This, you know, kind of innocence about him, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's tough, he's durable, 
but there's no promise. It's unlikely that he'll succeed. That right. he'll succeed at making this computer. Yeah, that it'll actually get to market. Are, are you a big uh, consumer of, uh, of television as well? Do you do you watch a lot? I watch a few things. Yeah. yeah. What do you watch? Watch Mad Men. Um, I watch. Uh, I'm sad about Breaking Bad. I loved House of Cards. Amazing, right? Amazing. Did you did, now? Do you, are you a binger? Do you go through it like uh, in bunches, or did you, uh, for instance, House of Cards? Like both seasons, I basically got through in like two or three days each time. Yeah, well, I watched the first season, and then I, when the second season came around, I watched the first season again. Yeah, into the second season. It's so. I mean, the whole world is so good. And, uh, it's interesting to kind of feel like you're actually watching our government. Yeah. Work. Well, and, and frankly, I mean, you know, there aren't many comparisons to draw between your show and that one. But what I would say is, like, what works often in television and in any medium, frankly, is the specificity of the world. And whether you know that much about it going in, um, the fact that you can, like, just, like, dig into uh, an environment that you had some kind of surface knowledge of before. And, and, and the fact that um, – I mean, I love, like, the the, the – the production design, frankly, of, of the show, even of just seeing like the Return of the Jedi poster, et cetera, and just like, and you feel like uh, it takes me back. And even seeing people operating the computers of that time, it really is, it really is a, a, a trans, it, it, it transports you back to that time. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it's not that distant in the past. It's but it's scary. It, well, yeah, but 30 years, that's a while now. I mean, it's scary to, to I don't know, for me, that seems like. It does. It does. It's, up. I mean, that's that's what happens. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm having a breakdown in front of you, Lee. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, are you someone that's able to kind of leave projects behind with kind of like you know once it's done, it's done. I mean, you know as well as I do. Like for instance, pushing daisies has this like life that lives on, and people keep talking about kickstarters, etc. Oh yeah, I know. That's so great about pushing because I wish I don't know. Maybe it had lasted longer if all those people who are watching it now watched it then. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> but uh, I'm really grateful that that, that they found it and are. Yeah. Um, like some, you know, like I said, I'm so proud of that show. And we really we felt like we were making something special when we did it. Um, yeah, and it, yeah. Starting a new one, you think, God, I hope people watch it. Who knows? Who knows if they will? Does it give you perspective having been through uh, experiences where, you know? For whatever reason, timing, whatever, they don't work. It doesn't click at the the right way. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes yeah, absolutely. But that's one of the things the characters in the show are really facing too. It's just the beginning of a new endeavor. Yeah. Who knows how it'll turn out? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you work hard. You'll do your best work. You'll try to get along with everyone, um, and you'll hope that you know the gods of success will favor you. Right. You know. Did you did you know much of the the cast in this? I love like Scoot McNary. No, I didn't, always, know, I, like, I didn't know anyone. I knew yeah. Scoot's work. Yeah, um, been a fan of Scoot's for a long time, and he's so fantastic on this show. He's just he's doing something very very special, and I I know what happens with the character, but I'm not going to say anything about it now. But right, um, he just is he's um, I, he's an actor that I admire a lot. I'm yeah. lucky to be working with him on this. Um, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about just a, a general and background stuff. Where you've come here to New York to do some press for the show. Have you ever spent much time here? You, you were in Normal Heart. I remember you. Well, you live in New York. Yeah, I live here. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, two New Yorkers. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So, why New York? I mean, uh, you know, most. Well, I've been actors... here since I was, you know, eighteen. And, I had uh, no idea. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's home after a while. It's nice. The kind of place that you you know you never. I've lived in LA for you know for yeah. a few months here and there. And I love LA. It's such a great place, but it's 
I don't know. You just get a relationship with the city. Yeah. Was was it. because I mean your your childhood from what I gather you you jumped around a bit you were in a bunch of different places like, where did you spend where, where, what do you consider when you when people say I'm going back home for the holidays what would you consider that even oh Texas yeah Texas yeah I went to high school in Houston Texas but but my folks are outside Austin now so um, I go back there for holidays and but I always you know I guess it's where you learn to drive right that's, <laughs> I think that's where people who move around a lot consider home. I, didn't, I never wanted to drive, Lee. Why not? Are you from the city always? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can imagine. <laughs> are you judging me right now? I feel like you're judging me a little bit. I wish you would learn to drive. Really? Are you offering to teach me to learn to drive? It's not that hard. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> are you a good driver? Huh? Are you a good driver? Do you feel, do you feel, so. do you feel like comfortable so, behind yes. the wheel? Absolutely, absolutely. Did you feel comfortable from the get-go behind the wheel? Was that the hubris of a teenager, like, I can do this, or was it just... Well, I got I got this... Well, I got, like, this 85 Jetta, and, I was, <laughs> and it was a standard. Yeah. It looked great. It was totally a car that I loved. But that means I had to learn how to drive the standard, and, I, and that, that'll... You know, it's, it's not many people do it anymore. Right. So I'm just trying, testing my father's patience. <laughs> the parking lot of Randall's. So you must miss uh, driving here in the city. You don't get a chance here. I drive, yeah. I drive you, all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Where do you park in the city? There's plenty of places. <laughs> wow. I always use that as my excuse for never learning, but now you're making me feel even more guilty. Yeah, there's plenty of places to park. Oh, God. You've learn how to drive. I'm what pl- if you want to get out? That, my wife is a very good driver. Wow. She likes to... So she likes the drive. She's got this figured out. <laughs> I've got the whole plan in place. It's all working, Lee. Um, so uh, g- give me a, a, a sense. So you moved here, you said, at 18. Was that for a specific job, or was it just no, sort I went, of... I, were, I went to, to school. Oh, Juilliard. You were yeah. at Juilliard. Of course you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what was that environment like? Was that uh, intense from the get-go? Was it nurturing? Oh, yeah, it's so intense. It's really, really... It's drama school. It's serious drama school. It's very intense. Were you serious? Were you, like, a serious guy? Yeah, yeah, I was just reading Shakespeare and Chekhov all the time, debating it with my friends. I mean, that's what I was doing at 19 right. in New York City. And I think about what other people my age were doing uh, in the city, and I feel like such a dork. <laughs> I really, really, I'm like, God, that was, you could have been having real fun. <laughs> yeah, you're spending hours just <laughs> debating the... Yeah. <laughs> what was a typical debate? What's Figuring a- out iambic pentameter and what the stress was, what the intention was on this line. Oh, I think he means... Guys, come on. It's obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> and then the authorship question, that was hours and hours of... Amazing. You know, fun. <laughs> Wait, is it a competitive atmosphere as well? Because everybody there is obviously supremely talented, and there are only so many jobs once you get out. Um, or is it a... Oh, no, no. Everyone's so different. I mean, the class is so small. We started with 20 people. Um, in my class and kind of ended up with a few less than that but um, it's uh, yeah it's such a and that's where that's who I learned the most from was my classmates watching them grow watching them take note you know it's you know four years of just figuring out different tools to you know make characters yeah really it's I mean there's nothing to complain about it's pretty yeah it's a nice luxury yeah it's total luxury you know to really you know, think about how to use your voice. Think about how to use your body. Think about how to use your imagination to make a character. Totally. Yeah. Who was in your class? Have they gone on to theater, film, a little bit of everything? You know, Anthony Mackie was in my class. Yeah. Anthony Mackie is a wild man. <laughs> Let's talk about Anthony Mackie for a yeah, second. He's, he's awesome. I'm so happy for all the success he's having because he's such an incredibly talented guy and has been since school. I mean, he's just, you know, 
he's the best. Yeah, I've, I, we've had a, a chance to talk a lot over the years, and he's uh, he's somebody that walks in the room and, and just owns the space. Was he was he like that back then? Was he somebody that? Yeah, one hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Maybe yeah. too much so. No, no, I mean everyone loves Anthony. Everyone loves Anthony. Yeah. He's just—he's such a good time, you know. And he's smart. And he gives of himself, and right. you know, he's uh, yeah. So I feel very fortunate to have been in acting class with him. Fascinating. When we were—we were the same age in the class too. And you both made it into the the Marvel universe. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. God, he's really awesome in that movie. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Um, well, speaking of which, uh, we're we're all really psyched to see you in in Guardians, uh, which looks amazing. Um, James Gunn, a madman in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about because you, you went up for for Star Wars. I mean, you you talked to us and others about that. That was public knowledge. Was it uh, was it a quick shift? Was it like once they went in a different direction? Let's try you out for this. What was the evolution of getting yeah, you? That's exactly what it was. I mean, I don't know what their what their thinking was, but I'm you know glad it worked out the way it did because I've had the blast playing this character. Um, yeah, I auditioned for Star Lord, and then you know the call came through. Would would, would you um, be interested in reading for the villain as well? So I did, and yeah, it was. Uh, God, the character is insane. I'm really curious to know what the fans in particular are going to make of Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, because uh, is it a big character? Like, I mean, not even in terms of the size of part, but in terms of like how you're playing it. Like, what's the? Do you have to like kind of contrast the the big personalities in the in the superhero group to kind of keep up with them? I mean, what's the? You know, I I like a bombastic villain. <laughs> I, I like uh, like a big characterization nice. on a villain, and uh, and I, th- I think James is into that too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I I don't know what to expect out of watching this movie. Yeah. I know what I did. Um, <laughs> when we were filming it. Uh, I know I had a good time with it, but I have no idea. I don't know what this movie's going to be. Yeah. Who do you get to spend most of your time with? Is that, like, is Karen? Karen, yeah. She's great, too. She's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, we play, you know, the, you know, source of all evil in the universe. I mean, we're just bad, bad, bad aliens. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good notch on the list, man. That's a cool one. That's going to be exciting. It, it really is cool. I mean, the character. I mean, I just I, I had a real blast with him. He's just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> really. Had you ever played it? Because yeah, I'm thinking in, in your filmography, I can't think of something remotely similar you've ever. No, no, it's, it's unique. Yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, he's yeah, he's really really nasty. <laughs> Has it surprised you? Excited you in the last few years? Because you've gotten into a bunch of these like crazy tent pole ginormous like obviously Hobbit as well to be a part of these things that uh, that really touch like so many people yeah, millions like literally different cultures yeah. different languages and that, I mean, that's something about the, the Hobbit being a part of Middle Earth that I, I I find so interesting is that you know the, the stories resonate in so many cultures all over the world yeah you know and that and that's fascinating to me and I um yeah, I find it really, really interesting. Is is it when you go into a job like that and knowing like Peter? I mean, I can only imagine the task before someone like Peter Jackson, who has so many. I mean, he you know, working with the actors is just is the bare minimum for a director. But like then creating, literally creating a world, and and that no one knows it better than him in terms of how do you actually utilize visual effects in the best possible way. Yeah. Do you feel like you're? on your own in a situation like that where like he's got his side of the street to take care of I'll, I'll just do my thing and I oh no no I want to know everything that's on his mind yeah. I want to know 
what do you need me to do? How can I help? Basically, is yeah. you know my attitude on something. Like, what do you need this character to be? How do you, what you know? What right. interests you about this character? What's exciting to you about this character? That's what I want to know. Yeah, because he's got such an incredible imagination and uh, understanding of you know the, what works in this world and what's interesting about these these elves and hobbits and dwarves. <laughs> I mean, just to hear like you know we shoot a lot of it on green screen. So I'm like, you know, so what is this? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yeah. And he s- describes it to me, and it's so much bigger than I ever could have imagined it in my little brain. Right. So to be in the hands of someone like that, you know, you, you know, you feel, you know, like uh, was supported to go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean, to really do something with it, and you know, be a little bit nuts with the character. Well, exactly. The char- and the character is a little bit nuts, but that's part of the fun. Of, you know, that's the fun. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty I would imagine of working with somebody that's gotten to that level is like you can take more risks on your end because you know he's going to take care of you, and yeah. he knows he knows how to take care of his side of the street. And if he's up for risks, I'm up for risks. Right. You know what I mean? I want to play some. You know, I want to play do something. Do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just show up and say the lines, but do something with the character. And speaking of, of filmmakers of, of that stature, uh, Spielberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Does that? I mean, a smile comes to your face. And I can imagine why. That's. I mean, that's got to be. I mean, to, it. Everything like, about what you... it. To ask to do the movie is it. You know, to read the, what he's asking you to do. I was thinking, oh my god, I can't believe I have the opportunity to have to speak lines on that set. Yeah. You know, Tommy Lee Jones was in that scene. It does those scenes with me, and uh, I mean, it was just awesome and I remember the, the whole time we were shooting all that stuff in the Congress I kept thinking remember this remember this this right. is this is unique this is special and, yeah. uh, and to you know work well with someone like Steven Spielberg because I just you know he's, he's so clear he's so clear about what he wants and, and I was just so kind of eager to be like what do you need tell me right. what do you need right now do you, do you, I mean, do you have devices or, or shortcuts in terms of like how you make yourself comfortable in a situation like that? Where, or is it just through the repetition of knowing the material? Where, like, if you yeah, knowing your lines is really that's an important one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the advice number one. Feeling comfortable <laughs> when on set in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to lines. forget your lines in front of Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Spielberg. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, but and also kind of a sense of what you want to do with the character. But I always feel I, I felt like with that is, you know, I mean, Joe McMillan's something different because. Um, you know, with that, I, I, I mean, I felt like I, you know, I know the situation, I know my, you know, I, I have ideas about the character, but I really kind of want to understand what his ideas are yeah. about the character. With Joe, I, you know, the character is so complicated. It's just so complicated. Yeah. So it's, you know, picking everyone's mind about, you know, how how they interpret him and then you know the 50% of it is really just kind of figuring out the connections to myself right the character well what I'm curious like what your negotiation has been in terms of like with, with fame like are you happy with sort of like the level of like where you can walk the street I would think with you know people recognize you but you're not hopefully assaulted at every turn I mean does it no, feel I never, like I never feel assaulted I don't really feel like uh, I don't really feel like there is much of a relationship with fame yeah every, every once in a while someone will come up and say they like the movie they've seen me in, yeah. and it doesn't really. I mean, that's kind of nice to hear. You know? Yeah, it's nice to hear that. Oh, you, uh, well, well, validation is a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you know, you're making, you know, you're doing something that makes people happy. That's nice, you know? right? And um, you know, I, the, the movie called The Fall that I did that 
Yeah. You know, it's the I think the thing that most people most commonly come up and be like, "Hey, I saw it." And I'm always amazed that someone has seen it. Yeah. It's such a, uh, a small movie, but it means so much to me when someone comes up and says, "Like, I saw it. I love this. Have to have questions about it." You know, it's it's cool. You know. Do you, do you enjoy the? Uh the pro- this kind of process because frankly when I was reading up on you um, being a fan I was like I couldn't find frankly a lot of long form conversations that you've done do you enjoy kind of like talking about the material or is it something that is just goes with the job and you've tried to I don't know I, I, I'm cautious about blabbing too much about it yeah. because I don't want to you know it's like you don't want to see the pipes of a building why sure. would you want to see what's on the, the actor's mind when he makes the character you just want to see what the character is right yeah. like that, that's, and that's one thing I've been cautious about with this is you know, don't talk about the season too much. Just kind of talk about Joe in a way that doesn't. Well, you know, whoever's interested in finding out about what the show's about. Yeah. You know, I don't want to put ideas in there because I want the character to really speak for itself. You know. Well, what's cool, even in that in that first episode, frankly, is to see like there were two or three moments where I was like, I can't believe this is this character is doing this in this situation like that that's and that's got to be exciting for you reading that first script be like okay all bets are off again this this could go anywhere yeah yeah and, it, and I'm, I'm glad that's I mean the things that Joe does through the season are you know it's it's he does some pretty wild things yeah some rotten things <laughs> you know he's uh, in it to win it so that's and that's that's fun to kind of because I believe in Joe yeah, you know he can be a bastard, but I believe in him, and I think that he's his mission is to make an awesome computer. That's all it is. He wants to make an awesome computer that's small, it's fast, it's cheap, and if he accomplishes that, then you know maybe a lot of people will buy them. Right. And then what happens? I mean, one of my favorite lines in the pilot is, um, um, "It's the computer's not the thing; it's the thing that gets us to the thing." Yeah. It's just kind of a reminder to Gordon that. It doesn't matter. The computer doesn't matter, actually, because, you know, the way it impacts people's lives yeah. will be so profound, you know. And, it, you know, here we have, 30 years later, we can look back and see that, yes, it, it, he, he was right. Yeah. But in the moment, he doesn't know if he's right. Right. He just knows he's, he's all in. Uh, you haven't been lured yet into social media, though, despite your... your Association yeah, with technology in this in this role. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. I, I, I mean, it's good enough for James curious. Gunn and Karen Gillan and every, all your buddies at Guardians. I know they 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 <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they, tr- they were they were encouraging me to get on board, and, uh, and I guess I just didn't know what I what, what I would say about it. I didn't right. know what to say. I would be going uh, curious to go on and listen to it. You know, people are talking yeah, about... Yeah, you should lurk for a little bit. Yeah, lurk. <laughs> that's that's the seedy way of describing it. Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> spy on people. And... Yeah, well, yes, I guess that's another way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, I, I, I'm just curious about the impact of it more than anything. Yeah. I think the impact of it is incredible. You yeah. know, and, you know, those television shows that people connect to and... Um, such a big way live tweet through it you know that is a fascinating new aspect of it of to like live it's, it's a second life for a show and to I mean I frankly felt I, I just marathoned over the weekend a uh, true detective and I felt late to the party because I was on social media and I was seeing all my friends and colleagues just sort of like just have that conversation at once yeah and you yeah. literally have to disengage for that weekend if you don't want it all ruined for you it's a, it's, it's a weird phenomenon it's a weird phenomenon and it's like the technolo- technological innovation of social media is so 
fascinating. It's like no longer is it like a newspaper, one person speaking to many people, right. or a telephone where it's one person speaking to one person. It's millions of people speaking to millions of people all at the same time. Yeah, and that's fascinating to me. And what it's what 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 Twitter becomes then is it's like you're creating your own personal filter, which is both exciting and, and dangerous. Like you know you don't you don't want it to be an echo chamber where you're only hearing from the people that you know and trust you want to hear different viewpoints yeah yeah but i guess that's that's an opportunity for you to take if if you want it but if you want to just hear your own viewpoints (laughs) those of people who feel the same as you that's that's there too there you go it's that that's what's so incredible about it is that it's not um it's just a tool yeah really and then people do what they want with it you know that's that's exactly the line you were just saying from the, the the pilot. Yeah, it's 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 not the thing. It's the thing to get to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's uh? So you, you you've finished season one. Um, presumably, hopefully, audience response. You got you were excited to yeah, continue we'll this character. We'll see, yeah, so, hopefully, I, yeah. I love the, I love the character. I think the, I have learned so much about myself playing him, um, and uh, yeah, I think the character is is just fascinating and. And I, and I think that you know where they where this story has to go just gets more and more interesting. Yeah. You know, with you know, I don't want to. Don't want to. <laughs> um, what's the next uh, What's the next acting gig? Do you have stuff in the like, obviously Guardians is coming out later this summer. Other stuff. You know, coming I don't up? know what it's going to be yet. I'm kind of. Uh, been, it's been a busy year. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of gone and shooting this show. I shot Guardians of the Galaxy. Did our um, additional photography for the Hobbit. Right. So uh, I did a, another movie with. Uh, Stephen Frears about Lance Armstrong. So I've just been... I need to spend some time not in costumes <laughs> and makeup and right. uh, just be myself. For Walking the streets of New York or, or driving in New York. You're the one person besides the taxi drivers driving around New York. <laughs> uh, in our remaining moments, I have this weird, uh, sketchy fedora filled with random questions late. Yeah. You did. <laughs> you played it cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is going to come in at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're the epitome of randomness. Do uh, you want to pick one or two and see how you fare? Oh, boy. Uh, I yeah. can see see the sweat coming now. All right. What do we got? Uh, where haven't you been that you want to go? That's okay. a great question. Not bad. Um, I've always wanted to go to Vietnam, actually. Interesting. I've, uh, Traveled quite a bit, but Vietnam has always been a place that I haven't made it to yet. My father fought in Vietnam, and uh, I wanted to take him to go see some of the places that he went to. Wow! Yeah. And just hear his hear about that experience that he had. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I I I have heard stories, but you know, it just sounds like something I. I, uh, it's definitely top of my list. You, and you did, from what I gather, you spent, uh, you had an interesting childhood in that you were you were in the Middle East for a period of time, too, thanks to your dad's work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be something that, um, you know, I always say, like, even just growing up in New York, you're exposed to so much in the way of different cultures. But, like, yeah, yeah. but, but uh, uh, traveling the world at a young age, it's got to really inform your yeah, viewpoint I on mean, the world. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that, that they... You know that they made that choice. My mom had never left Oklahoma wow. before she moved to the Middle East, and uh, well, I guess she'd spent some time in, you know, around Shreveport, Louisiana, and stuff. But it was such a huge leap for her to, yeah. you know, go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I can only imagine and raise yeah. these two kids, and you know, it's just uh, I've got this. I've got all these. I uh, 
asking them for a whole bunch of pictures from the early 80s and us growing up. Yeah. And I've got all these just incredible pictures of them in these uh, compounds in Saudi Arabia and Bahrain uh, and uh, just suburban places. But, I mean, it's... Uh, my memories were my sister, our cat, my mom... <laughs> my friends yeah like what years no, were you I didn't know I was in Saudi Arabia we moved there when I was two. Oh wow and how long were you there until the second grade and then we moved to uh, New Orleans and then to Houston and then back to Lafayette Louisiana and then back to Houston that's so a fascinating little dream. yeah totally uh, let's finish uh, a little more describe my perfect movie going experience okay I want to hear What's the beverage, the food, the environment? What kind of movie are you seeing? Uh, um, are you seeing it alone with friends? I love going to see a movie alone, but I wouldn't say that was a perfect experience. Right. Perfect experience is when you're, you know, with friends and like at Sunshine or Angelica mm-hmm. or IFC in like a really crowded movie house. Yeah. With like a movie you're super, super excited to see. Yeah. You know, and get there early because all the seats get filled up in New York and uh, you know kind of watch people who's, who's seeing this movie who's into this movie mm-hmm. what are the what's our demo here <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and then basically spend the next two hours trashing the movie <laughs> a little healthy debate is always good yeah yeah but that's like that's one thing I, I think is unique about yeah. New Yorkers is that they're they're um, they want to they want to they want to pull it apart. Yeah. They want to discuss, you know, they want to argue about it. <laughs> I mean, English friends of mine, it's like after they're like, they love this, they like that. Da-da-da-da. Right. They're like, oh, come on, let's just get into the, the negatives yeah. first. What did you hate? <laughs> what did you hate? <laughs> what did it work for you? One caveat I'll give the Angelica, that subway, you hear a lot of the, the train traffic during the movie. That could take you out of it. Do you like that or not like that? I mean, I like it in that I feel I'm home. Like, it's, yeah. like it's, it's comforting. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it depends on the movie. It depends on the moment it comes in the movie. You know. but, but yeah, I mean, I have a, a lot of fond recollections of. I grew up on the Upper West Side of like going to like the uh, the small theater near um, uh, Lincoln Center and just seeing like every Woody Allen movie oh, every yeah. couple of years. It's just every year. Rather. Yeah, the Walter Reed. That's because yeah. my dorms were, were right above that. There you go. So um, yeah, I remember thinking, God, how cool, how cool to do movies like that. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of, of Grand Budapest Hotel? Loved it. It's such a great movie. Loved it? it. Yeah, it's so fun, and I mean, all his stuff is great. I mean, I'm a total Wes. Yeah. Groupie, but uh, and Rafe just hysterical. I mean, hysterical. It's been my favorite movie so far this year. I find it just yeah so imaginative, and, you know. Yeah, and he yeah Rafe is absolutely yeah masterful. Who's do you have the short list? Is like is it like the you know uh, the West, the P.T. Anderson, the the kind of the Fincher, like that kind of usual kind of small group, or is there a specific? List of people. Uh, yeah, well, I love. I always see anything that yeah. uh, Wes Anderson does because yeah. I find it. He's got such a cool point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. There's a lot of course favorites. Of, yeah. I mean, uh, Woody, were you a Woody fan? Yeah, yeah. I'll see every movie that Woody, right. Woody Allen makes. Um, yeah. Totally. Uh, how about one more for the red? Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. This is gonna be the weirdest one yet. I can tell. Yeah, that's so cool. I wish I were better at <laughs> some self-reflection here, oh, Lee. What are, what's the one fatal flaw? Um, boy, I don't know. Um, <laughs> God, there's a whole list. I was going to say, really get into this. <laughs> <laughs> this is one. 
a one skill you're. Yeah, I wish yeah. I was better at learning languages. I've, I okay. feel like it's a big. It's a. I've blown it to get to <laughs> thirty-five, and I don't properly speak another language. I think it's a. Maybe I've missed it now. Like, That's the scary p- part, right? That yeah. it feels like our ability to sponge it all up has dissipated. It's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> what we got is what we got now. I mean, I, I know maybe if I'm looking for a project, I, but I just can't even imagine the kind of yeah. Um, well, maybe you can do some immersive to learn German. So <laughs> I really would like to some immersive Vietnamese, and then take dad, and then it's a whole thing. Yeah. There you go. There's your plan for the next six months. I'll learn to drive. You learn Vietnamese, and we'll come together and talk about it. Better people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really uh, great to meet you finally, and uh, thank you for stopping by. Congrats on the show. It's it's good stuff, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It was great talking to you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>